Welcome back, Red Spotters, and the show here on the Red Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host today, Alexis J. Soto, and I am joined. Uh, you know, we can't find anybody new here. Uh, first we have is Peter. What? <laughs> Great. Um, and I'm also joined <laughs> by Alexis Moreno and David Francisco, um, all the way from the middle of nowhere. How are you doing? Good. They're in Texas. You literally can't help yourself. <laughs> Every I just single always, time. I you always know, think I'm actually that's... like terrified to go to Texas, not for like obvious reasons, but mm-hmm. I just always had. Okay, I watched. Is it because of SpongeBob? No, because I watched <laughs> I always think of SpongeBob. Texas Chainsaw Massacre and that movie. Like, I walked away from that movie because it was freaking me out. And ever since then, I just said, I just told myself, I'm never going to Texas. <laughs> Wait, which Texas Chainsaw? I don't know. Does it matter? Because I saw like the the, uh, like the 2005 remake or something when I was young, and I was like terrified. I asked my dad how far away Texas was from where we live, (laughs) (laughs) because the movie ended with like, and he has never been found. Yeah, yeah. You know that dumb shit, and I'm like, fuck. You know? (laughs) No, I think it was all real. I think it was that one, and like I lost it in my aunt's house, and I had to like go to the other room because I couldn't take it. No. That one's terrifying. Fuck that. <laughs> I mean, it's called Texas Chainsaw Massacre for a reason. I <laughs> would imagine that'd be one of the wonderful titles you'd, like, get the hell away from. Yeah. Um, so, this is... The day that we're recording this podcast is actually Memorial Day for the year... The lost year of 2020. Um, as... Which is actually rare we never get the chance to do anything on memorial day because i i feel that we all usually have wonderful plans that of course didn't come to fruition this year because of a certain covid um and yeah today's memorial day uh, as far as uh, what we'll be discussing today we have several news topics uh from the wonderful film industry one including the snyder cut coming in 2021 with new scenes, um, apparently short-form episodes, and money coming into it. And we also have um, Tenet, the upcoming Christopher Nolan film, which is evidently going ahead with its marketing campaign, aiming for a mid-July release in theaters, which that brings up many, many questions and potential problems. Um, and of course, uh, as always, we begin every show, um, or at least we, st- we try to begin every show after a COVID rant or two, <laughs> uh, the things that we have watched in the last week, as far as movies and TV shows. And I'm sure all of us have something to contribute to that. But of course, um, we really would be remiss if we didn't mention, um, Especially since I, I, you know, Kyle unfortunately has been absent for a lot of these episodes because he has, uh, you know, we call him the essential worker of the month, maybe the year at this point. Um, but for the occasions that Moreno uh, and and Peter that we've been doing these podcasts um, without him, I think there have been a handful at least at this point. Uh, the ones when we first started doing these with the three of us, and now we have David here. As an add-on, we get a little bonus here. <laughs> um, 
we were monitoring, of course, the death toll of the plague that is seemingly happening in our country and, of course, the world. And I feel as if it was 22,000 was around the number that we were talking about originally as to how many were dead. And then in the subsequent episodes that we, you know, came back together, it went from 22,000 to 47,000. Then I believe... 80-something, I think. 80-something thousand. 80-some. Last time, I think it was around 90 or so thousand. Last I checked, of course, uh, Ryan Strzok on CNN does these very daily posts on Twitter. Five hours ago or so, I think at this point, maybe six, seven hours ago, the latest uh, milestone was 98,000 uh, officially dead. Of course, we've all seen the uh, what I would assume would be infamous now, uh, New York Times uh, front page, uh, which is commemorating what were the benchmark that we're about to pass, which is a hundred thousand Americans gone, dead um, from COVID nineteen, and. Um, you know, I feel like what I'm about to say is controversial, but it shouldn't be. Like, that amount of lost life is not only sad, but scary. Because what is it? Like, two months? Two and a half months we've been doing these, like, these podcasts now? You know, when when we do insert COVID into the conversation? It's been going on for two and a half months, I think. And... A hundred thousand people died in that time. Mm-hmm. Quite a bit. And um for as uh you know, as downbeat as that sounds, it's if not more depressing and saddening that this is an experience that none of us have ever gone through. I would assume most people living today have not gone through in such a short period of time, that many people having been killed. And yet, and I'm sure I speak for all of us, we're seemingly left with no words when we see photos of mass gatherings on beaches, stores, mall complexes, Hike trails, close, close, gross contact in pools as if it were spring break. And um, maybe even as, as bad as going outside in your own local area and seeing that the number of people that have, that have been wearing masks have just gone down. The number of people that have been trying have just given up. And it's just an interesting time to be alive where we have this many people that needlessly died and yet we all just kind of don't care. Collectively as a nation. Right. Of course, I don't speak for us. I mean, we care because we're actually talking about it and I think we, we feel that every day. And I know that in the last two and a half months, and you might have heard it on this show on other podcasts, or maybe we didn't let you hear that, but we've all been struggling through personal hardships, through, and it could be anything from, you know, anxiety, 
to depression, to literal financial hardships, and of course, outside pressure, and of course, the paranoia that goes through it, and of course, the disgust of, uh, you know, the apathy of people. So, yeah, there was a week, I think I just didn't podcast because I was just like, you know what, I can't. I literally can't. There was a fantasy fair we did a few a few weeks back. Uh, Kyle asked me to be on there because I think Alexis was busy. I think that was oh, that was that week. That was okay, yeah. That's no, why. I think that was. <laughs> I think I just said I was busy because I just no. That was it, that, that, was, that week. was yeah. That was <laughs> let's call it uh, the dark week. <laughs> that that was yeah, and so it's like okay, I'll do it. And of course, we were talking about um, opening, reopening guidelines for Disney parks. And um, I was uh, not in a good place. I wasn't like one of those episodes where I just like scream and yell. It was more of those like, oh, okay. Yeah. What can we do about it? Um, Nothing. Which is kind of like the state that, you know, some of us can resign ourselves to. So with that long preamble out of the way, how are you guys now? You know, we we, we want to do these Peaches. episodes. <laughs> we want to do how these episodes you? like diaries, you know, like trying to see how our state of minds are in this unprecedented era. And, you know, I leave the question to any any of you who want to like share like experiences or thoughts or just like what's been going on, how you've dealt with it in this uh, really um, challenging time. I mean, I think the thing that gets me more now is, like, the place where you guys are at. (laughs) Like, I think that's, I don't know, it's just like, like, I, I, I can't imagine how you guys are feeling. And, like, for me, like, I'm terrified. Like, that's, obviously, it's, like, not my home now, but, like, it was my home, and, like, I have so many, like, friends there, and it's just, like, scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, one of my high school friends announced today on social media that he was tested positive for COVID-19. Now, this is a person I haven't been in contact with in a long time. But um, it's somebody who I was in those days, and every week this goes on, it hits home. It hits closer to home. At this point, um, the number of people that I know of uh, personally that have had COVID, I think is five, maybe six. Thankfully, in most cases, if I mean, in, in all those cases, um, they got really lucky. They really did. Um, but it was scary just to think that you might lose that person. Yeah. One person in particular who is a close uh well not is a treasured member of my mom's inner circle. Um and always, you know, also been a lifelong friend at that. Um, she lives in Las Vegas and she caught it, she and her boyfriend caught it. Um, but they both were able to get through it. But it was just like getting that call yeah. is the worst thing. It is, and it it is also getting that confirmation because I recall, you know, a few weeks ago, I I um I celebrated my twenty fifth birthday, 
and we had a massive like Zoom call for people that wanted to like, you know, say happy birthday for me. And this person who I was referring to in Vegas, um, literally got the results of her test minutes, if not seconds, after like singing happy birthday to me. And then she was off the call for the rest of the night. Um, she had to get in touch with other family who she might have been in contact with. And it's the emotional toll is something that perhaps is not being as covered um, because we all know that how the virus works. That's the that thing. Like we, yeah. we kind of don't like, yeah, we don't. Um, I got a call about, well, I didn't, it was my mom, but I was like right next to her when she did get the call that her sister, my aunt, um, mm-hmm. tested positive and, um, her symptoms weren't that bad, but we don't know how this thing works. Like, it could turn, like, all of a sudden. Yeah. And, like, that's kind of really scary. <laughs> it's almost like a Russian roulette kind of thing where, like, you really don't know how bad or how good you're going to have it. And that's the scary thing. There's just almost no pattern. The one pattern that we do know of is that if you have underlying health issues and if you're older, you're more susceptible to succumb to it, but not in all cases. And in a lot of cases, those who are perfectly healthy, uh, you mentioned that Broadway star who's kind of dying right now. He just woke up from a month-long coma. Yeah. And the latest updates weren't promising. He had his leg amputated because of Yeah, like what – like, the fact that people are like, oh, you just get, like, a fever and blah, like, no, like, this guy got his leg cut off. Mm-hmm. Like, you really, we don't know what this thing can do. No. And every, and I, I swear, like, I read every other day, there's this new part of the body that is revealed that is, like, ravaged by the, the coronavirus. And I think I've just accepted it long ago that this is kind of a human killer in every aspect. Because I don't know how many, like articles I've come across that have said that, oh, it, it destroys, you have long-term lung damage, long-term heart problems, long-term this here and that there. And it's like, the thing what's scary about it is that the range of symptoms, the range of problems, the range of pain, the diversity of pain, really, if you think about it, it's almost as if this thing was like uh, cooked up in a lab to kill us, um, if you think about it, it's now. Peter. Well, maybe. Well, the the wording was maybe in poor taste. I apologize. That's not what I meant. <laughs> I shouldn't have used those words. Quite a bit of conspiracy theorists. That That's you, not what I meant to imply. Them. I, I I apologize for that. I didn't. I wasn't alluding to that. But now that you made that face, I was like, oh shit, never mind. That's not what I meant. I didn't mean that it was like made in a lab on purpose. But like I'm saying that this virus works in a way. That it's it 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 ravages the body, the immune system, everything about it, and so, and we still don't know a lot about it. Um, but yeah, every every now and then I have to like get myself a little extra motivated because of um the the times that we're living in, and yeah, Peter, what about you? I, th- I would assume most of your time has been trying to starve off um, extreme anger. <laughs> um, extreme boredom. <laughs> well, we all have that. <laughs> um, anger. 
it's pretty useless at this point. I mean, to be angry. Yeah. Yeah. What is that anger going to do? It's not going to change anything. That's for sure. Um, you know, I've lived through several elections that have all showed me, you know, anger doesn't change anything. You can do your parts here and there, but um, just being angry doesn't do much. Um, all you can do is right now really your part, which is continue to stay inside. Continue to not just go at every to parties just go to people's house willy-nilly um only go out for essential supplies and when you have to like or if you have to go to work um currently that's all i have the power to do so i focus on that yeah um i as far as like for what i am doing it's kind of what i've been doing this entire time i rarely leave the house i just don't have the need to go anywhere or leave the house. And mm. when I do, well, that's a different story. Uh, let's say I need to go put gas in the car or get groceries. I get out. I wear a mask. If I'm going to be touching something, get some gloves. Um, and then come back to the house as soon as possible. But that's just kind of how it is. It's kind of like being on a full-time house arrest. But as far as like going to gatherings or going to parties. I'm not going to lie. I've been tempted, but it never came to the part of like actually going. There was a, a gathering that was happening, I think, this past weekend in Chula Vista, one of my family's uh, places. We usually have a get-together this time of year anyway, and some chose to go up there. And while they themselves in Chula Vista don't go anywhere, and the gathering was limited to like, ah, not even 10 people. Um, it's still like we thought about going, but I can just look at everybody's faces. Like speaking for my mom and my brother, it's like, no, yeah. I'm okay. Well, that's how that. I am. Like I always want to go like visit my friends who live, mm -hmm. with, live where you guys are at. Cause that's what I usually do. Like if I like even, before, like, if I had days off or something, like, that's where I would go. And you know, there's been a lot of times where I'm like, okay, like, maybe I can go now and stuff. But something always happens and it's always, like, in my head. And I just, like, choose not to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, every time it's like, why risk it? Yeah, and, it and literally, like, that. every time, like, I'm like, okay, maybe it's fine. Like, maybe it's fine. Like, I'll go. I'll stay for a week. Like, I'm not, like, gonna, we're not gonna go out, blah, blah, blah. But, it's, like, literally every single time, something worse happens. <laughs> so, it's like, fuck, okay, fine, I'll just stay. <laughs> yeah, oh, shout out and... to Sergio. Cause that, there you go. Oh yeah, shout out to Sergio. Uh, he's been asking for weeks now, I feel, to mention him. Um, and we've been meaning to. I think it, it's been Who? about... <laughs> Asshole. He didn't mean that. Uh, it's been about a month and a half since, uh, <laughs> you know, this was like first brought up and we had been meaning to, and we've done so many podcasts since then, but it's just always, you have to understand that we exhaust ourselves. We literally mm -hmm. like... 
talk until we can't talk anymore um, in these podcasts. So by the time it gets to the end, we all we're all just like eager to end it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we hate. And then what also, we do. So, yeah, basically. And then Peter, um, you've now I think maybe those of us with very few exceptions mm-hmm. don't go to fast food, but I think you universally don't even bother going at all. You haven't at all gone to do any fast food, have you? Uh, um, not recently, no. Not recently? No. No. Because that you did? <laughs> <laughs> what? Does that mean that you did? Did you break it your me- Wendy streak? <laughs> no, I have not had Wendy's, no. Are you sure? Yes, I am very sure. <laughs> that does not it's, sound convincing. <laughs> I am 100% sure. A billion percent, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's also been another frustration. It's just seeing, um, you know, you, you keep mentioning Alexis, that place that we, that Peter and I live, which is the Imperial Valley. Um, and we keep mentioning the frustrations, the endless frustrations that are happening. I know people who are in close contact with one of the local uh, eateries here called Johnny's. They shut down for a few days because of their employees, guess what, tested positive. That's and then a few, And then a day passes and like, okay, we're open again. Come back. <laughs> what? Like, I get it. I love Johnny's too, but damn. But even from the business perspective, like, I understand. I... <laughs> I I feel I'll like feel real bad for like small businesses, right? Because mm-hmm. like right. they are hit hard right now. Yeah. Um and again, I, I think the failing is ultimately due to the government. Yeah. Of course. Um, entirely. They, entirely. They didn't they didn't they well, they threw away the plan that Obama had set up um and replaced it with nothing, which, you know, they're really good at. <laughs> yeah, they've They're done that really several good times. At doing that, mm-hmm. um, they left most Americans high and dry financially, and they've just put a strain on citizens financially to try and get them to force them to go back to work. Like, oh man, you can't pay to survive. Yeah, we should really open up and get back to work then, huh? And like the Ooh, the crazy part is like people agreeing like that's what i don't yeah. get it's like, because they're being coerced they're being financially coerced which is i think part of the agenda by the controlling power in the country which is the republican party and that is they're the ones who are in power mind you they have all the power in the country and they could have had a massive stimulus bill the ones that we all i think most of our families received because of the of the emergency however what's not often discussed is that you kind of we kind of got the crumbs because the majority of that money went to people like AT&T and Time Warner and these big corporations who don't need that money exactly they got the most of it <laughs> And then, of course, they, they, they don't want to justify having to keep paying people for not working because you have to understand from an ideological standpoint, that goes against what conservatism is. It's all about you pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and working no matter what and everything. And as we've discussed in the last few weeks, it's just become clear that many um, people in this country have just been coerced by a uh, death cult. Because I don't know what else you call. I don't, I don't know, know if what coerced I- is the right word. 
Um, well, the way that I'm using coerced is they they've been convinced, right? They've been kind of recruited into that kind of. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, um, I, am I being too kind by using coerced? Coerced makes it sound like they were like given something, or like yeah. I don't yeah. Okay. Whereas like brainwashed makes it very. It's 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 very much this mentality of if you have. You should work and work and work and then die and you should feel good about it. And if nothing good ever happens to you, it's, it's all on you. Um, I'm who, who, who's, I can't remember where this quote starts, but it's like socialism for the rich, rugged individualism for the poor, yeah. you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. But then people really yeah. buy into it and they're like, you know, it's the same thing with like the brainwashing of the freedom thing. I have freedom. I'm not going to wear a mask. Oh my what, God. What the we are does literal. freedom have to do with this? You know, it's Peter one of those is referring things. to those things that you've been seeing every single day that are going viral and trending on social media. And that is, and I think that the Guardian had this excellently put, excellently put in, on a, in a headline and that is. The U.S. is now entrenched in a culture war with masks. We're now in a culture war with masks. How many headlines have we read in the last week where workers have literally been beat the crap out of them for asking people mm. or, or have been shot at or stabbed or whatever or punched or coughed at because they've asked people to wear a mask or to leave. And this is with already like this 100,000 dead or at least close to. Yeah. It, it, there is a certain percentage of individuals in this country I would qualify as being. Um, and this is me putting it lightly in a death cult. It, it, you cannot convince them. Um, and it, you can't reach them morally either because they they're willing to throw themselves over the cliff while they throw you over the cliff like that that's really what it is when they're like i don't care i'm going to run around i don't think the disease is real i think the numbers are fake i'm going to cough in your face you can cough in my face like it's crazy I'm sorry. It's like how do how it's, it's how very does one think that the numbers are fake though? Like that's what there's there's never any. It's it's like a cult. It really is. Whatever just gets passed down from crazy Trump or what other sections of conservative leadership, it's just parroted, and then that's it. And it's like, well, you know, what about all these scientists saying that it's wrong? Well, then they're part of the liberal agenda. <laughs> fuck scientists. Like, yeah. And it's like, well, if you're literally saying fuck scientists, I, no conversation can be had. There is no way to ever reason with you. We do not live in the same reality. If you're at that point. I, and at that point, I don't even know what to do. It's like, okay. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just seems like an endless and almost, even at, at times, pointless conversation to have. You know, I, um, this entire ordeal, 
is uh, an eye-opening experience for the kind of uh, people that we really are and the kind of people that surround us. And, um, I mean, we've had culture wars with masks, protesting the lockdown. They get what they want, the lockdown protesters, very easily. The I'll, states yeah. reopen. I'll and, you know. Way. Real quick. I'm going to cut you off because I'm a Bernie bro. Um, it, just to connect it to what we talk about here, which is film. Yeah. I've watched, and I know you, you love disaster films. And I've watched so many disaster films, uh, like alien films. Like, just a lot of the films where, like, a massive calamity happens. And, you know, it's like... A, uh, films where it's like how humanity responds, right? And I don't know... If there's any film where humanity has acted as stupidly as reality right now, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that whole independence thing where it's like the the Americans are leading the way, da 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 da. Like even fucking um, shit, uh, Arrival. The fact that it took them that long to get the crazies to try and blow up. The, the the alien ship is astounding. In reality, that would have been some day one shit. Like, I... <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I think yeah. the main theme of what you're saying is it is so depressing to see that the crazies dictate what happens. Mm-hmm. And, like, what I'm saying is this isn't even a, like, oh, you know, everyone that has a difference of opinion than me is crazy or this or that. Like, I'm not even talking about difference of opinions. Like, there's a section of this country, and it's mostly on one side of the aisle, that is just straight up in a death cult. There is no if, ands, or buts about it. And it's very, very hard to just get basic things done with that, as we saw these last four years. But, you know, God forbid you're in a crisis like you are now, because then that really shows you the toll of that, which is 100,000 dead and maybe 100,000 more. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning. Like, what's sadder? The fact that there were 100,000 dead or that nobody cares? Or there's a hundred thousand dead and people are just out here protesting that this isn't real and they want to go back to work. Thousands upon thousands of people look at the headlines, a hundred thousand dead. Oh shit, the beach is open. Chill, bra. Let's go catch some waves. Like, oh my God. Like I see footage, people freaking shoulder to shoulder. For as far as the eye can see at all these beaches. And it's like, what what can you do? At this point, really, what can you do? Without an effective government, you just, it doesn't seem like, it's just, it's going to happen. More and more death. 
Um, Let's talk about Scoob. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. So, um, a lot of what we just discussed is actually going to come into play when it comes to talking about the film industry and everything. When we get to that discussion. So, now that we have that out of the way with, um, let's go ahead and um, transition into what we've been catching up with this week on uh, media, whether it be TV shows or movies. Who would like to go first? Do you want to go first, David? You said you had a long list. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just mostly stuff that I've uh, I've been re-watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't... Well, yeah, uh, if you're watching it, you're watching it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, two two new things. Uh, one is what we do in the shadows. Uh, it's great. That's awesome, it right? Hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I think it's renewed for season three. Uh, <laughs> better fucking be. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Twenty seasons of that. I'll have it. Um, and then I saw the first two episodes of Rick and Morty. The new, new season. You've never. Oh, the new season. I was yeah, gonna say yeah, you've yeah. never seen Rick and Morty. No, no, no. I've seen it. That's but I thought watching. you were smart. You know, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, was, I saw the first two episodes and they're all so great. Oh my gosh, it's so hilarious. Uh, and then from what you're watching, I, I don't know if you remember Alexis, uh, the last time I talked about what I was watching, it was Eureka. Uh, I finished that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but that's a no. <laughs> no, yeah, I was watching a show called Eureka, which is about a guy who stumbles into a small town that's filled with like the smartest people in the world. So they all saw Rick and Morty. So they all saw Rick and Morty, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw that and it's still a great show. I loved it. And then I rewatched a cartoon called Ben 10. <laughs> oh, I remember that fucking mm-hmm. show. They cheated was- though. Oh. Because at one point he was no longer Ben Ten, he was like Ben Infinity. <laughs> no, but he saw like the first like the original program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know we we passed by like this toy that's like the new like Ben Ten, and he was like, "Oh no, fuck that shit." Oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I saw that. Um, I did watch Extraction. Cool movie, fun action. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. When did fun. you watch this? I saw it with Dad. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, he can watch movies without you. Okay. Yeah, he, he has does. his own That's life to mean. lead. Okay, dude. Oh my God, seriously, guys. Like, <laughs> do you know how many shows I recommended to her? Okay, I told her to watch fucking Lost in Space, Doom uh-huh. Patrol. Uh, we still need to catch up on Harley Quinn. Uh, <laughs> and oh god! And what? She won't watch them without you, or what? She just won't watch them. <laughs> Seriously, I'm she saying, just won't watch them. Yes, I'm saying. I like. I told her like Lost in Space. It's like the best sci-fi show ever. Like you need to watch it. I told her to watch The Magicians. Uh, it's one of the best fantasy shows I've seen. Oh my god! You have time now, Alexis. Yes, <laughs> I. It's hard. No, she's rewatching. She's rewatching the last Airbender for like the tenth time. Oh my god! Did you like end it and then immediately restart it, or what? That's exactly for what the she third did. time. Oh my god! Yeah, that's yeah. a bit much. <laughs> Just a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, oh well, this is one we we were watching together. 
me and Natalie were watching the new show, Stargirl. Ooh, that's yeah. how is it? <gasps> it's, uh, it's really, really good. good. Uh, you, I mean, I think you still have my DC Universe uh, login. Uh, that still exists. Episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's where it's, that's where that's where it's uh, showing. Yeah. Oh, that's where it's premiering and stuff. Yeah. Is it like week to week? Yeah. Uh, oh, the, new, okay. the second episode came out today, actually this morning. So, it, yeah. it's really good. Mm-hmm. Like the first scene in the first episode, I was just like, "What is <laughs> this?" Like it's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, well, you can't watch it till you finish Doom Patrol, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, that's I never really wrote down what I was watching, but um, I think that's it. Yeah. That's kind of basically what. You're oh, doing. I saw an Amazon original show upload. I don't know if you guys heard of it. Um, I think I've seen commercials for it. Yeah, it's about people uploading their consciousness to like the internet mm-hmm. and just basically living their afterlife. Uh, it's it's actually really good. Uh, I thought it was just gonna be about like. Living life to the fullest, like a knock. <laughs> I thought I really thought it was gonna be like a knockoff, the good place or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, there's like a actually a bit of a mystery going on in the show, and oh. it's really interesting. I recommend it. Cool. Mm-hmm. If I ever get Amazon, I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. Is that it? I yeah. think so. What about you, Moreno? Just The Last Airbender? <laughs> well, last week I was going to say I watched all of Sex in the City. <laughs> Wait, the show? The show. Um, the, I think eight, every season was like 10 or less episodes. It wasn't even like that much. Um, it's kind of it weird. Is it even a good show? It's kind of, okay. Like my thing is that I, for like a really, really long time, I like wanted to watch all of the HBO shows, um, mm-hmm. and, um, like The Soprano, Sex and the City, um, that one where he works at like a, like where they take the dead people. Morgue. The morgue. Six feet under. Yeah, like that one and things like that. Um, so I just started with uh, Sex and the City. It's really interesting i don't know i personally i don't really think that it holds up like i think there's a lot of issues but whatever um (laughs) well it's because like i feel like a lot of like people like swore by that show Mm -hmm. and like looking at it now like 2020 stuff Mm -hmm. like i'm just like "Mm." okay (laughs) i don't know about that but okay i never got it but and I mean, I don't, I don't I, think the show was either. ever geared and, like, towards the main me. character, like uh, what's Sarah Jessica Parker? Like mm-hmm. everybody loves her, and I'm just like, dude, like she's such a bitch. <laughs> like I, I like I don't get it. I don't know. It's weird. Maybe that's just city life. I guess. Um, what else? Well, yeah, just the last seven for like the thirtieth time. Holy shit. <laughs> Move on to Cora for the love of God. <laughs> At well, least. The thing is, okay, I like wanted to watch The Last Airbender like this whole time, but I was like too lazy because we only have a DVD player in the living room, and I just mm-hmm. I like laying down in my bed and like watching stuff. Um, and so now that it's on Netflix, I don't have to do that. And Cora, I have to go and put in the DVD player. 
<laughs> so that's why you have it. But um, I don't know what else. I think that's it. I, f- I watched like a couple of movies, I think. I watched like this one movie that came out last year. Um, I forgot the name. I'll mention it next time. But it, it was it was kind of, it's like a, it's like a girl. She like goes through a breakup and like, but they were together for like nine years. And like, she goes out with her friends for like the last time because she moved to San Francisco. And it's like the day before, like, or the day after she broke up with her boyfriend. Uh, but it's like a comedy. Um. I thought it was going to be, like, super cheesy, but it's actually really good. Hmm. But Sounds super cool. cheesy. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> but like not. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, do you want me to go or you, Alexis Soto? How long is your list? Uh, it's a couple. Why? Uh, I'll go. Okay. Um. So, wait, wait, wait. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> How did you guess? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I told you. That's why you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, come yeah, I on. told you. I, I was trying. Well, I'm trying to refinish my Spielberg rewatch, as I've been talking about for like months at this point. Um, and I'm avoiding rewatching Schindler's List. Only because I think it'll just kill me. Um, <laughs> so I um, I put on a fuzzy, warm Spielberg movie called <laughs> Saving Private Ryan um, <laughs> to commemorate, of course, Memorial Weekend. Um, I would have just skipped both of. Um, I hadn't seen this one in years. Um, at least I finished it, unlike Kyle, who's never finished that movie ever. He fell asleep <gasps> during Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Yep. I think he even said that he fell asleep while watching that amazing 30-minute opening sequence. <gasps> yeah. Are yeah. you kidding? Oh, no. Uh-huh. That's the one I rewatch all the time. Like, I actually haven't seen, like, all of Saving Private Ryan. I, I don't mm. think so. But, like, that's the one that I watch, like, every right, single the opening time, sequence, even if it's on it? TV. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, I This is the first time I watched it because uh, I acquired the 4K, uh, and it was beautiful. Um, it's honestly an incredible movie that I think better than anything else I've seen really manages to capture what it's like to be in a war zone like that. Like, holy crap. Just like similarly to like what happened in that opening sequence in, um, in this movie. And then you also compare it to that awful sequence in Schindler's list when they're rounding up the Jews and they're going to kick them out of their like shiny towns or whatever. Just, it's amazing to me how you can capture so many things happening at once on on camera, like uh, on on a scale like that. And then, of course, it being chaotic. Like, how do you direct chaos like that to where it feels so real and raw? So, yeah, I. It, it's just an incredible film, and I think what I appreciated more this time is that there was actually more uh, going on with. Um, the characters because uh, of the mission that they're on I felt like I got more character out of this than any other like World War movie and I feel like that's kind of why I don't like World War movies because they're all just kind of spectacle and not really about anything but like blowing things up a lot of the recent ones have been 
Dunkirk and um, what's his what's it called? Nineteen seventeen. Nineteen seventeen. I know they're I I know they're like um, I know they're technical uh, marvels and stuff like that. Um, but I yeah I don't know. I just couldn't connect with either of them beyond that. And even then, it's like, okay. And I feel like we really take Tom Hanks for granted. Like, I forget how good he is in that role. I mean, he is like, he's one of those people that can do an everyman. And he just feels so, I don't know, like a comforting father of some sorts, like in anything he's in, but the especially only Hanks movie. I stand is Chet Hanks. <sighs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um,. No, but it's an incredible film, and it, it kind of got me emotional watching it. It's just like, damn it, you get me every time, Spielberg. I'm just a, a sentimental schluck. Um, like even the beginning when that old when old Ryan is just like walking up to the memorial, and it's like, fuck, you got me. Um, it it it's a home that hits. It, it's a home. It's it's a movie that hits home uh, emotionally, <laughs> and um, I can't think of a war movie that I think I like better than that. Like a straight up war film. Um, Rogue One, bastards. Rogue One, <laughs> Rogue One sure. Inglorious Bastards, but okay. Well, Inglorious Bastards is I, not necessarily a war movie, is it? I it's have, movie. Know, but <laughs> I have a um. I don't even know if it's controversial take. Um, Tarantino doesn't do genre films. He only makes Tarantino films. He's his own genre. That's the only genre he makes. <laughs> So he'll make a Tarantino film that just happens to be set during World War well, II, or he'll make think, a Tarantino film right. that happens to be set during the American Civil War. Can't the Civil same thing War. be said about Nolan, who we're going to discuss in a bit? Um, no. Okay. Because I think I think there's a difference between having a distinct style mm. and like um making the same kinds of films so to speak i know i'm explaining it wrong but like i think the best way to explain it is like spielberg spielberg obviously have certain has certain directorial techniques right that you can see across every single one of his films that makes it very distinctly spielberg but roger rabbit is not schindler's list or no he didn't direct <laughs> roger rabbit did he no 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 he produced it he produced it um et is not schindler's list you know, uh, you you notice certain styles within the film where it's like, oh, yeah, this is Spielberg here. That's Spielberg there. But they are very different films, very different genres. Whereas I feel with Tarantino, every single one of his films is the same genre. Is in the Ex same world. Um, except, well, the strongest argument is like. Maybe um, once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, Maybe, but even then, Maybe. no, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> One of the things that I found fascinating when I was looking at the behind the scenes of of uh, the making of Private Ryan is Spielberg was talking about the process because he was basically making three movies at the same time, not just like in developing, but like filming. So he said that he had six week breaks in between. So, okay, so he filmed Lost World, then he had a six-week break, and he filmed Amistad, and then another six-week break, and then he filmed Private Ryan. But you know, during that, that six-week break, like, you're doing prep. 
Mm. Like of you're course. Going, you're going over the yeah. script. You're thinking like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. No, that's, uh, I don't know. The 90s sucked out all of his talent. <laughs> I don't know what to um, tell you. And um so yeah, I watched that and I also just um I I recently I think in the last hour or so I watched the the latest episode of the Disney Gallery show which is a documentary of uh the making of the Mandalorian which is not of course a show that I care about but I oddly find the the documentary much more enjoyable as a show than the actual show itself the technology is cool <laughs> that's what i just so the episode mm -hmm. four is called technology that was a great episode yeah that was a great episode because it just shows you um the fact that things have advanced so much so they have this thing called the volume where they film and it's like filming on a set but it's all basically like these green led no it's led screens basically and it's so picture realistic that it feels as if you're on a set. So imagine a green screen or a blue screen, but only this time the actors can see what's there instead it's of imagining. Crazy. Yeah. No, I finished that episode in like five minutes because every time they talked, I'd like skip ahead. <laughs> like, I don't want to fucking hear your voice. I want to see the screen because there'd be times where like they're, they're like filming the screen. Right. And then it moves. And I'm right. like, holy shit. Like they they move away and it's like oh my god like and like you realize what it is, like it's so realistic. Mm -hmm. Um, it's pretty cool tech. Um, does it make worth uh? Because that tech only is alive because of that shit live action Lion King. Is it worth it? Mm. We don't know yet. <laughs> I mean, that movie came out last year. So we have plenty of years, hopefully, uh, of movies, and we'll see um, if, if it, it is worth it. It will for sure be in, in, in at least with Disney's stuff. Well, imagine um, for those who didn't see it. So the volume is this 360 um, atmosphere, and the ground is the parts of what you would create a set, but the entire roof and the 360 surrounding is just encased in these massive LED screens. And it looks. I know it, they they did. Um, I I think I know what you're talking about. Um, what's it called? The Lion King Broadway show. They mm. kind of did something like that with it, where you're like in the middle, but you're watching right. the play around you. Okay. It, it was kind of like with VR, but like, I I want to say that they use the same technology. I don't know. Maybe this one is. I mean, the most advanced thing I've seen. Like you. It, it blows you away because even the people who were working on the set couldn't tell what was real and what wasn't. Like, it was so real that they were even talking about one time that they thought that the set caught on fire, but it was actually part of the LED, like, <laughs> TV screen that was there. I, I freaking believe that because, again, I'd be staring at the screen and they'd move the screen and be like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't yeah. realize this was part of the ground because they'd have, like, the floor, like – They'd have some set, like, dirt on the floor, basically. Right. Like, if they're on tattooing. Um, and then that around them. So, you look at it, and you think it's all LED, and then it would move, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, no, this is real, and then this other stuff is the screen. Um, it must look really cool to be in it. Um, I imagine, though, it makes the show a little bit more cost effective because it's not that yeah. expensive to do well probably the most expensive thing was 
the technology, right? But of then course. once it's created, like it's it's infinitely cheaper, right? Because you just get it, you just have the screens, you know, throw up, throw up some fucking sand dunes, and then just put the two characters in the middle of the screens and then shoot it. Um, and then I imagine it's a lot easier for characters or actors to get in, um, in character and react to shit. Yeah. Cause that's Carl always Weathers. been the biggest issue with CG right. is like. It, Carl it Weathers was fake. making the, yeah. the, the point that it makes it easier for him mm-hmm. to, to actually see it there instead of like having to pretend that it's actually there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, the Mandalorian has a budget of ten million an episode, right? Ye- oh shit! <laughs> I thought you were gonna say ten million a season. Um, I thought the whole season was a hundred million dollars, right? Yeah, Isn't that it's how pretty much money expensive. They put? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. God damn! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a she lot of money. She turned into Larry the Cable Guy when she heard that price tag. Oh <laughs> my god. Um. Yeah. Um. It'll be interesting to see when it's the technology spreads to other projects. Right. Right. Uh, I also saw quickly Disney Plus is so desperate for stuff. Um, they put this thing called (laughs) Zenimation. (laughs) I watched like the five, like the first five seconds of the first episode, and I was like, I'm done. (laughs) Is that with the sounds thing? Yeah. It's ASMR or whatever. It's I put it ASMR. on um I put it on last night trying to go to sleep. It's I turned it off. Yeah. I turned it off because it was stressing me out. It yeah. was doing the exact opposite. It was like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. I don't need this. Turn this shit off. I'm done with it. Um It's just it, like the first episode's <laughs> water. And then it, yeah. it just shows every like all the water they've ever animated. And then they put but like only some for AS- Disney. I was so pissed off. I didn't even borrow anything from Pixar, which they have the wonderful underwater world of Nemo. <laughs> I mean, you could have used that. I mean, but I mean, Fuck okay. Nemo. We gotta use the world from the rescuers. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, they just really need content, and they're getting <laughs> real fucking desperate. I'm kind they're of putting- tired of documentaries. That's all it is. That's all they have. I mean, <laughs> they shouldn't have led with that. Like ugh, half the shows that they led with were about how awesome Disney is, <laughs> and of it's course. like, oh my god, just just make just make good content. Just make good content. Um, because I'm running out of shit to see. Um, yeah. I guess, yeah. Uh, I also should see what else. Oh yeah, I um, I couldn't help myself. I, I um, watched the last Airbender in its entirety. Yeah. You're supposed to go ten episodes at a time. I couldn't. I'm doing that. I, I couldn't. I'll probably watch it again, maybe three times. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it it was just something to to experience that again, especially after a long period of time. And I was watching the finale and I was just getting so emotional about it because when I think about that show and the things that it's trying to communicate to the audience and the values and the lessons and the themes, you know, that is kind of what I 
would hope humanity would be. Like all of the things that we were taught, at least raised with as kids about how good the world is, how good people can be. You know, I feel like the the last airbender really adheres to that kind of attitude and mentality better than anything humankind has produced um, in real life. And bending is it's, sick as fuck. <laughs> it's, um... I, in watching it again, um, particularly the finale, it made, it, it kind of brought me back to the first time I had ever watched the finale on Nickelodeon all those years ago. And I remember thinking to myself, like, whoa, like, they really, really went above and beyond for this. And they put the perfect bow on this entire series. And it's like, at the same time, you're kind of upset that there aren't more episodes to binge through. It is, I feel, perhaps, the single best show ever made to where it serviced the story the best and it ended at the right moment. I know that there were, I think, ideas and concepts for what a fourth season would look like. But after having seen the whole thing, like books one, two, and three, like I can't, like it's just so hard to really continue after a finale like that. A finale like, you know, Return of the Jedi or, or Endgame or, um, well, let's say Game of Thrones. Well, that's a, forget that. Um, it's, it's just so hard to, to really top that or really go on after it. So, and it reminded me really what an important show this was for me um, and my brother, especially this is like one of the first shows that we really like got into together, like way before I think Clone Wars or S.H.I.E.L.D. or other stuff like that. This was like a really special thing. And it's just so astounding to me how a decade after it aired, it is kind of even better than you remember it being. And I, I just feel like that this is the the world sorely needs <laughs> this. We needed this. I needed they this. Need fuck. It most. <laughs> I, I needed this in my life. I got to tell you, I really needed this in my that life. That you guys was the one about where I was talking about the four elements and like <sighs> stuff, and then yeah. that chick is like. If you guys watched the show, <laughs> I forgot what the heck she and said. And still but... ended up being racist, misogynistic, oh, yeah, yeah. sexist. Like, the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> yeah, you were show. sending angry posts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just love this show so much. And I, I, I and want I... everybody to watch it because I just think that the show just, like, exudes, like, kindness and, like... You kindness, know, compassion, yeah. humanity, all of those things that we, we're lacking. Yeah. Every day, every day we see things that show us, God, how far have we fallen? How little capacity do we have to care for one another? Clearly, we have no capacity at all. <laughs> but then you look at this show, and one of the things that's so remarkable about it is how gracefully it's aged. 
unlike a lot of other shows from its time, it's not dated at all. Mm-hmm. It, 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 like it, this could have come out today because it's now, based well, on yeah, it's based yeah. on like really it's based on real right. things, real situations, real people, even if they're not real, like real cultures. That I think obviously it's the never... only thing though. The only thing I that I that I caught that perhaps wouldn't be in there if it was made today was Iroh throwing himself on a young lady. Um, in in season one. <laughs> oh, you saw that, right? Yeah, <laughs> a, little, a little creepy, a little creepy. But it's like, at the same time, though, that's a, that's kind of a trope that is shared by a lot of anime. A lot of anime shows, mm. like uh, there's the infamous Master Roshi from the Dragon Ball series, who is notoriously a pervert, but he's a lovable one, and, and it's played for a joke. The lovable pervert has is is has been a huge trope in a lot of media mm-hmm. for a long time. Right, um, I'd Joey imagine it's friends. yeah, I'd imagine Barney. it's going. To, it's wait, what the fuck, Barney? What was Sorry. he doing to those Barney kids? Stids. Okay. Sorry. Um, oh my god. It's <laughs> a bad dinosaur. Um, yeah, I think that's a trope that's probably on its way out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. The times. I feel that. I don't think they've done that recently with um I know they brought back Dragon Ball in, in Dragon Ball Super mm-hmm. and they had if they feature that character Master Roshi, I don't think they they brought that element back with him from what mm-hmm. I saw. I'm the one nerd in the world that gives zero shits about what a Dragon Ball is or the Dragon Balls. So Dude, oh my god, I can't I tell no you idea. how much I've loved it. That was my childhood. I love it. Mm-hmm. I still love it to this I day. I avoided it like the plague. Dude. Even I liked it. <laughs> No. Even Alexis liked it. I mean, that tells yeah. you something. I'm kidding. Yeah, okay. it tells me. It does tell me something, but okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, it is an interesting conversation because um, I don't know. I This show is so great. Like, it's always been one of my favorites. Like, if you ask me to make like a list of like my favorite TV shows of all time, Avatar would be in the top five. Maybe Same with the, the movie. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, fuck it. No. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the show is so good it saves the movie but here's the problem oh though God. the show is so good what are they gonna do with the live action series that's so I oh god they shouldn't do it they shouldn't do it it's so stupid I agree but I think like the best thing that they can do is make the episodes an hour long and just keep 10 episodes a season because that's it's 20 episodes a season the cartoon mm-hmm, so right. they can have the exact same story you could probably like just switch some stuff around but uh, I, I guess my thing is like to me remakes work best when you you go at it either a completely different angle and do something completely different with it which they clearly wouldn't do because that would anger fans and the creators are on it yeah. and all this mm. or you know to improve upon the source material that's already mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Think, there's so, there's no improve you're not going to improve it. You can't, you're just it, not. They can't improve the story, <laughs> but I think they can um enhance a few uh 
just a few scenes. So like I remember when but we watched I don't it, know if it's worth it to see I like know, two scenes like, and ads. The one thing like I noticed that kind of like uh in the in the cartoon is that episode where he goes to the Southern Air Temple or something and mm-hmm. he sees that other people have like completely destroyed the temple basically and he gets pissed off about it. And like but in just like ten minutes he's like pissed off telling them why are you doing this and then immediately goes okay you know what you guys are cool you know and then it just goes on to this battle so like uh-huh. i feel like that episode like if you make that an hour it'll be perfect like you can have him really struggle be mm-hmm. super mad at him and then maybe like add some more uh, like maybe he can talk to the people living there and be like hey can you not do this like this is a part because of this like talk like, a, give bit more more the, a bit more information a bit more information about mm-hmm. his culture and the air nation because they cl- they clearly have like they, they really thought this show out oh yeah like there's no way that they like some of the things that they wanted to include didn't make it on the show um like even we we saw um the audio commentary on the last it was gonna be the last four episodes but we only got to two because then our mom kicked us out <laughs> um but you could tell like how much love they have like the the two creators how much love they have for the show and how much they thought every single thing out um and, and they they mentioned a lot like a, a lot of the things that didn't make it a lot of the things that they had to change for certain I guess things this is my Peter, thing Peter can you hold on real quick this is important though cuz i think we have to throw this out there just before peter destroys what you're saying <laughs> Because <laughs> um, I, I feel like I this wasn't going to destroy it completely, well, but okay. Go well, ahead. that's where the, that's where this usually goes. I'm just want I want to put this out there because I'm not entirely sure on this question myself. Is this li- going to be the the exact same story that are based on the exact same episodes and the exact same characters? Yeah, yeah. That's well, been confirmed. It's a remake yeah. of. The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Live action, but through a show. Mm-hmm. And the and, two main creators are uh-huh. a part of it. Yeah. This is this is my issue. Two issues. By the way, I, I'm uh-huh. like not a hundred percent like okay with it either. Yeah, like, same. Yeah, same. Yeah. But like if uh-huh. they wanna do it, I think they could take a chance of like what I just said about like uh, adding more bits of information to it. <laughs> but okay, well, well, one last thing I want to say. in the cartoon <laughs> They gotta uh-huh. in the live action remake. They gotta change up the dialogue. In the cartoon, it's very kid friendly. Like you, you like you. you mm-hmm. all, the all can say what the plot's gonna be, what the lesson's gonna be, and at the end, they're like, "Oh yeah, maybe I won't do this anymore." Like it's it's a very kid friendly dialogue. Change well, that then, up, and then maybe. Okay, uh, I know. Okay. It just when you talk about well, they can change this episode. It kind of feels like saying this brush stroke is off, so we need to completely repaint the Mona Lisa. Like I, at this point, I don't. It's the fucking Mona Lisa. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> you <know>? yeah. yeah. <laughs> if there's a brush stroke off, and then also you talk about how like well maybe they can include stuff that they weren't able to include in the animated show. <sighs> It's a television show. The they won't be able to show as much as they did in the animated show because of the budget of its yeah, live maybe. action. Yeah. In in fact, they're probably going to have to scale back yeah. a lot a lot of things, like a lot. 
because there are some huge cities, huge scale battles, you know, towns and, and a lot of visually amazing things. Like, and then especially if you're going to have airbending fights with, with all that CG that goes into it, mm-hmm. like, uh, again, I- uh-huh. I think when it comes to the budget, I think seeing everybody's reaction to it now, I feel like they're either gonna add on more or mm-hmm. they're gonna even if you. But even it doesn't ante. matter how big a budget they give it to, it won't be enough oh, yeah. to do yeah. justice to the level yeah. of what the animation did. <laughs> yes. Uh, M- Mr. Soto, do you have a question? <laughs> I'm just trying to get in here a word, you know, can't get a word in edgewise. Um, but I mean, all what you're saying though is very important. Um, interesting. We just mentioned this, but I wonder if only Netflix had something like the volume that we just mentioned on the Mandalorian, because that would be helpful. I think to keep it cost effective for a live action version of this show of the last airbender, that would be interesting. Okay. Yes. Well, th- there's an easy solution to every one of these issues. I oh, okay. Do you know what it is? Well, I, I had it's more to say, it. but go I, ahead, go I, ahead, I, I, go ahead. Finish. Uh, no, you you say it. Just don't do it. Do it. Just don't make it the last Airbender. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I yes. was. That's what. That's like my ideal situation is to either make a movie, uh, based off of the avatar that was an airbender before Aang or mm-hmm. Kiyoshi. Yeah, pick pick one of the old fan mm-hmm. favorite um avatars and do a show on that one. Yeah. Like and, I or think maybe those just a completely are... new one that you've never heard of. Yeah. Yeah, and just they tell their totally story. I I think I don't know if maybe like the airbender might be fine because like Aang is an airbender and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, like he's the last one. Blah, Do blah, a blah. fire one. Um but the thing is Roku comes out a lot and you get to know his whole story mm-hmm. in The Last Airbender. So Don't I do think it, about it would Roku. be I think it would be interesting to see an Earthbender. Yeah. Because in Korra, do like it. you see a waterbender, you already mm-hmm. saw like you basically get both Aang and Roku's story in The Last Airbender. Um, and then to do another airbender, I feel like it's kind of, it's going to be repetitive, but it would be mm-hmm. interesting because I feel like you get to see more of the, their culture, uh, which we didn't get to see with Aang, but with Kiyoshi, like, it's a whole new, like, ball Just game. Go, go to the fucking mountains, you know? Shoot, <laughs> yeah, shoot. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot easier, right? Just yeah. CG some like cityscape into the to the mm-hmm. mountains. That and... that's actually um I know the movie sucks, but the earth bending in the movie I think was done pretty good, considering the rest. Um, there was only like one scene, the one with <laughs> oh my god, six people bending or doing to move one rock, yeah. <laughs> one small rock. But like, um, I think the earth bending was done pretty well in the mm-hmm. movie. Except for that scene. Um, so I feel like that might be interesting. Like, to do The Last Airbender again is really scary. <laughs> I think it's just setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. but It's I like mean, if George we'll Lucas see. came out in, like, 2000. Like, I'm going to remake A New Hope. Mm-hmm. But the, the only thing that's, like, giving me, like, somewhat of hope is is the fact that the main creators are a part of it and they agree to do it because this is such like 
a big like part of them. Um, I know the movie was made, but that was like Nickelodeon, you know. You know, would um, be better too if they did a show following the events, because I know they had like a comic series mm-hmm. that showed um, the events of the show. No, because like it's interesting and stuff, but honestly, like, um, there's stuff going on, but you kind of get all of it in Korra. Like you get the ends of it in Korra. Okay. Yeah. So it's it would be really again repetitive. I know they're like making it, but like we kind of already Mm -hmm. know the gist of it. Just go like three hundred years in the past, Kyoshi. Well, putting the creative stuff aside, if I'm Netflix, and as we've been discussing, they're investing heavily in Nickelodeon and Paramount because that's what, you know, since Disney dumped them, that's what they're going to get their gold mine of, of things in, in the next few years. I would think that a sequel series to the, to the Last Airbender would be immensely popular. Looking at it from a financial standpoint, from a business standpoint, I would think that, that would be like a headlining event. Like here it is. The sequel series, the real, quote-unquote, no shade thrown at Korra, but the real sequel series to The Last Airbender with all your favorites coming back for more adventures. I think that would be a big event that would get a lot of eyes on it. I mean, yeah, I feel – obviously, seeing as how people reacted to the show coming on to Netflix, like, yeah, but – when we watched the the audio commentary with the last episodes, one of the things that they said um, from the beginning was like, we love that people want a fourth season. We love that people are fighting for a fourth season. But this was always supposed to be a three-part story. This was always right. supposed to end because, and one of the things that they said was like, it's like, imagine you going up to somebody and being like, oh, I need to tell you this great story and it never ends. Then it sounds a great story like it just turns into a endings are important yeah so that i i like that they are very animate as to say that like no this is like the full story like this is all we're getting also like a sequel series to the show like the events that take place after the war i guarantee you though people aren't gonna like that like the comics yeah people are the reason why people like the comics is because it's very short contain- contained stories and you just get snippets of like the old gang back together like and that's it. Mm-hmm. But to make like a series out of it, one of the like big things that people say that they hate about Korra is that the stakes aren't as big as The Last Airbender. And that's exactly but, what's going to happen in the sequel series. Yeah, because nothing mm-hmm. like stuff does happen with mm-hmm. them in the future, but not like yeah, All nothing's going to be as big yeah, as that yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's going to be very like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very political. Like a lot of politics happened after. Yeah, I got the, that. Yeah. Uh, we, we should probably get moving on to other things. But before that, I just wanted to say to wrap up this conversation is a lot of the problems conceptually about transferring things from the animation medium to live action is that there just isn't any translating for a lot of different um, qualities of it. So, for example, a lot of the humor, a lot of the movements, a lot of the fantastical elements that that the medium of animation lends itself to 
can't possibly be translated in at least in a way that would be convincing. So I, I just, you know, I've yet to see a live action adaptation that is anywhere near what the animated version was. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, the, I mean, there, there was a reason why it was animated in the first place and not live action. Mm-hmm. Not that not not that the Avatar lore can't lend itself to live action projects, but there are just certain things that you can do in animation that are superior. Yeah. For example, as what Peter mentioned, the sheer scale of this series. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. It's too big. Yeah. How? It, it, it so, can yeah. only exist as an animated show because you need the world building and the character development that happens over those 20 episodes and three seasons. But the only thing, the only budget that can support that is a movie. But like a movie isn't enough time. So, yeah. So before we move on, uh, Peter, what were the things that you've seen? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, should I know we were already at an hour and 15 minutes say. into this, but okay. Um, a lot of what we do in the shadows, watching uh, season two. Uh, it's pretty fucking great, pretty freaking hilarious. I love it. Everyone watch it. Um, I cut up on the later seasons of Archer. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen Archer. It's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I like that show. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of this one, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. (laughs) (laughs) I watched a few episodes of that show. You guys should watch it. It's, it's okay. Um, oh, I watched the, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Kimmy versus the Reverend Choose Your Own Adventure movie on Netflix. What? Yes. I never heard of that. I think I only saw the first two seasons of like uh-huh. Kimmy Schmidt's Unbreakable, but uh, what the heck? <laughs> it just came out. Um, it's pretty damn funny. Oh wow! I liked it. It's a it's a good time. Good time. Um, I watched Solar Opposites, which is the Justin Roiland animated show exclusive to hulu um it's like all the funny of uh rick and morty with much none of the existential dread so (laughs) it's pretty good i really like it i think it's funny um solar opposites and i also watched devs do you guys know what devs is i recommended it I know no one watched it because I recommended it. Oh, is it that one? Oh no! Yeah, it's not. that one. No, um, with um, no, because you said you watched it. All. I don't know. Nick Offerman, <laughs> Allison Pill. Uh, most of it was written and directed by Alex Garland. It was his miniseries of um. Fuck, what was the movies he did? Ex Machina and Annihilation. He also uh, wrote Dread, Sunshine, and 28 Days Later. 
um yeah it's a really good it's really good uh really <laughs> good um fucked up sci-fi and it touches in onto on a certain science fiction thing that i personally have like um pondered and looked into but i don't see addressed a lot at all in science fiction and the fact that he touched on it i thought was really fucking cool um so yeah 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 devs check it out that's it that's all i've seen all right so um hbo max is launching this week the week of this recording um we're all gonna have access to it um uh how tell me the wonderful kyle lara has provided access to all of our red spotlight um members really yes what what was the sign in again (laughs) <laughs> it's been given to you, Mr. Martinez. I'm not going to say it on air because Why everyone not? will have access to it. Come on. Who, who well, okay. you are talking to? You don't to? think our loyal viewers deserve access? Okay. So, what are you guys looking forward to watching? Uh, what is there? You know, Alexis, you've been asking for HBO for over a month now. Um, so, what are some <sighs> things know. that you've been wanting to see? Or the, the, Are you planning on watching anything? With HBO Max this week? Um, Friends. Oh my god. <laughs> Tell me. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I don't like Friends. <laughs> I don't like you. But it's fine. But it's um, fine. <laughs> No, I don't. Honestly, I haven't really like looked into like what's actually going to be there. Like the main things I wanted to watch on HBO, on HBO was like the things that I already said and like like things that were already on HBO. Right. Um, but I don't know about the new stuff. You're not looking know, forward to Elmo. No. <laughs> um, I know. <laughs> I know that there's like the um. What's it called? Like the Looney Tunes stuff? I feel like that might be kind of cool. Right. I haven't seen that in like years. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. Peter, um, uh, have you looked into uh, the classic films that they're going to have on uh, HBO Max? Is there anything you're looking forward to um, or interested? Specifically? No. I can't oh, okay. think of anything. I know if I looked at the lineup, I'd go like, oh, fuck that movie. I want to watch it. And, you know, I'd probably mm-hmm. watch it. But, mm-hmm. like, um, they I don't think they've, like, put out an official list of shit that's going to be on there, you know? Like, remember when Disney Plus was coming out and they tweeted out, like, yeah. the banners for everything? <laughs> that was a massive <laughs> Twitter thread. Yeah, including, like, Fuzzy Butt or whatever. What was it? Fuzzbucket. They had Fuzzbucket. Fuzzy Bucket. Fuzzy Bucket. Fuzzy, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. I don't, listen, I don't know what Disney made back in the day, okay? I, no judgment. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, they haven't done that with um, yeah, like I haven't, I, HBO Max. The only I thing heard. I've seen is like Friends and the Looney Tunes stuff. So, and then I, the, I see the commercials and it's like South Park, Rick and Morty, Elmo. <laughs> Um, I it seems 
as if they're going to have the DC stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's all of it or just the, what's it called? I feel all of it will be on there, yeah. Doom Patrol? I assume, like, it'll have, like, and I'm sure they'll have, like, a DC section, right? Similar to Disney+. Plus. Well, Doom Patrol moved. Mm -hmm. Its new home is HBO Max from Disney+. Well, they're premiering in both places, aren't they? No, Doom Patrol is... Only it's on gone? HBO now. Oh, yeah. shit. So they just stole that shit. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, because um, uh, Stargirl, I, I didn't even know this, but I guess it's on the CW and the DC Universe app. Is it going to be on the HBO Max as well? Or? I don't think so. No, I don't know. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. Yeah. It seems like they just will be. took Doom Patrol. The one I really want on there is the Harley Quinn show, but uh, um. Yeah, you'd have to imagine there's going to be a DC section where they they have the rights to all the movies, right? So like you have Aquaman. Uh, yeah, and a lot Wonder of them are not Woman. even on DC Universe, from what I understand. Mm-mm. Why? No. Isn't I, that the point? They of never the DC Universe. <laughs> I don't get that. Paying for it. <laughs> You also get comics, don't you? I no, think at yeah, some point what's going to happen is um, they'll move Harley Quinn over to HBO Max and the rest of it will just shut down. Well, they renewed yeah. Swamp Thing, didn't they? No. What happened no. was Swamp Thing was canceled. They never even aired all the episodes. We th- I think David and I talked about this about a year ago when this first happened, right? That they didn't yeah. air all of the, the remaining episodes of that first season. And it Damn. was canceled almost out of nowhere. However, That's because... Fun. Because the CW is in need of programming is because they don't have any of their programs up in the fall because of COVID-19, they're taking other whatever they can to just fill in the airtime. So they're taking in that first season of Swamp Thing and other shows that were canceled, um, like like let's say stuff from CBS All Access that was canceled, um, and they're just putting it on air because they have nothing else to air. Hmm. That's how I mean. I'm guessing that's how they got Star Girl. So yeah, uh, they got lucky with that so far. <laughs> awesome. So it's it's not like it got renewed. It's just whatever was left of it is going to be dumped on C CW as a a mid season replacement, if you will. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I again, I'm gonna have to look at it first because they didn't really say what's going to be on there and all the the shit that's dropping with it. Like I don't care. Like the this HBO Max exclusive shows, I don't give a shit. Um, I mean, the Looney Tunes is kind of cool, but like, uh, uh, and then beyond that, I I don't know what shows they're making that I'll care about. Um, well, we'll have plenty of time. We'll we'll get to mm-hmm. the center cut in a minute right now. But um, I know I'm looking forward to finally finishing that latest season of Doctor Who, which I haven't. Oh, Same. that's right. They have the Doctor Who. Maybe I can uh, finish it and then share my opinions with everyone. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on a minute. You didn't finish, David? Me? No, I haven't finished the newest of Doctor Who. You have it or you have? I have it. Have that it. That is weird. Wait, okay. So the last time that we spoke, it was... The, it was in the middle of the season after that big, big revelatory episode. But you haven't actually finished it? I saw that big event part of the episode, and I think that's it. 
why? I I just want to know because um, you know, you and I are are big Doctor Who people. Yeah, but it seems as if we can't be bothered to have actually finished it. And I know it's it's just weird because Kyle's the only one that actually finished it. We didn't bother finishing it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm uh, honestly, I'm kind of disappointed in this season. Like, I mean, we talked about it uh, yeah. last time. And, like uh, That was who, months ago at this point. Yeah, who like, the writer of the, of the Chris show. Chris Chibnall, the showrunner. Chris Chibnall, like, he's, his writing's weak. <laughs> like, seriously. It, Damn, gonna call him out like that? Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> oh my god, I went on this, like, this long-ass rant of, like, he's not giving Jodie Whittaker, like, enough material to, like, give her acting chops. You know, it's annoying though too because everyone who talks about Doctor Who, they're like the one thing they go after. It's it's her. They're going like, oh, like throw away Doctor. She's not the Doctor. Blah blah blah. It's like, don't fucking blame her. The fucking writer's not giving her anything to work with. Yeah, David and I did this podcast early into the season, months back about the issues we've had with him overall as a writer and then our previous issues from the previous season which was season 11 and that some things that were carrying over um what i kind of suspect happened with season 12 is chibnall kind of relied oh god i i hope it doesn't end up being as bad as he is but kind of like doing what jj abrams does and just kind of retconning everything for the sake of spectacle and and revelatory reveals, mm. and that's I f- I fear that was the direction that it went in, um, and I I don't know I I, I think I stopped watching because um, I I, I just I just stopped, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but I'll watch it back when HBO Max, and then David and I will sit down and we'll we'll review it. Um, I know we have Shield coming up. This week, right? It starts yeah. this week. So we'll be doing that for the next, what, 13 weeks? Mm. So, yeah, we have a lot of, and then we, it's a lot of stuff that we have coming up um, to review shows. But yeah, from what I understand, Kyle liked it, but mm. he pretty much confirmed that it was a big, uh, big retcon. Yeah. Um, which I have mixed feelings on because. Like, is that the best it can do? Is just do a retcon to save this version of the show? Mm-hmm. It's not good. Yeah. Uh, and I'm concerned. Um, but that is, that's not to say that there aren't good aspects of it. But Peter, by all means, help yourself to the rest of it. Because, like, when you stopped watching it, that was like, what, 10 seasons ago at this point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like season two. Like, yeah, I was on season two. I was like maybe halfway oh, you were through season it from two. The beginning, beginning. Yeah, well, well, the, well the not beginning the beginning. Of- the beginning. When I got, <laughs> when I said, okay, when I said, okay, I want to, I'm gonna watch Doctor Who. I went, should I start at this remake season sometime in 2000, whatever, or shouldn't I really go back to the beginning mm-hmm. in the 1960s? And start there and watch no. from there. No, you shouldn't. And Why not? trust me, you you sh- you shouldn't because I, I can share with you uh, from like a, a, a Doctor Who YouTuber mm-hmm. who lays it out brilliantly. The complete differences from the old version and the new version. There is a through line. There is a continuity, mm-hmm. but they're so 
different. Like immensely, the differences are are vast. Like it's almost kind of impossible. It's like how Peter um, <laughs> says, like it's kind of hard to like put the original trilogy and the prequels together in the same universe because they kind of are clashing with each other. Um, there are there are similarities, but it's just like it's a lot harder to watch the older series because first of all, a lot of the episodes were lost to time. A lot, like the files That's were burned. Crazy to me. They're just, they're just lost. There's audio Dang. versions of them, but they're just lost, so you can't keep up with it. And then the structure of it was also different because there were, from the '60s all the way, I think, to um, when it went off the air in the in the late '80s, like the episodes, the storylines were like almost entirely stretched out to like four, five, six, maybe sometimes seven, eight episode arcs mm. um, where a lot of those episodes totally weren't necessarily <laughs> justified for what the story was. So it, it could be a lot of meandering. It could uh -huh. be a lot of nothing going on. It could be some right downright difficult to watch it at times. Like it is vastly different than what the series is from what Peter was watching it. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend if you want to watch the old series, I would probably want to have like at least an appreciation for the new series first because if you just watch from the 60s, you're not going to get into this at all. You're just not. <laughs> I've watched some of those. It, so it, it's so a little, what's, yeah. what's the beginning? Is it David Tennant? No. Uh, no. No. <laughs> Far it's, from he, the beginning. No, it, it's not the beginning, but the new version of Doctor Who, which began in 2005, um, does a good job of like getting you into like what what this is. It resets the the scales, and like you can start from there and never watch anything. I don't anything know. Old. When I started there, it still seemed like a lot of shit of went on. I that say that I just... now. I say that now of having like watched the whole thing and have a much more deeper understanding. But of course. There was a little bit of a disorienting factor where you're like, wait, am I in the middle of something that I just like? It makes you feel that way. But the thing about it is that there's this big plot line with the, um, with him being the last of his people. Mm -hmm. But that's introduced in that episode. All the previous things, all the decades of material prior to that episode, that was not introduced at all. Mm -hmm. That wasn't part of it. So, well, I'll put it this way: when I watched the first season, I enjoyed some of it. But there's like this build up mm -hmm. to the end where he has to sacrifice himself and right. regenerate whatever. And I think I rewatched Isn't the that last like every like Yeah, yeah. But I rewatched the, the last episode of that season like twice. I don't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> I don't like I don't they it's set like up when you this... read a book and you read a chapter and you're like, what? But they back. set up this like mystery, and and and, the, and then like <laughs> they they just Peter. I don't understand the I, explanations. And then your sensibilities like, every... don't don't. I, I, let me just tell you this from uh -huh. what I understand. Your sensibilities only worsen the experience of the show for you. I think you're getting in the way of it because let me tell you why. <laughs> It's not that complicated. It really isn't. And it you're acts making like it... it is though. Like <laughs> every fucking episode, they go through long tangents on why they can't do this or can't do that. And then the very next episode, they just fucking do it. <laughs> and it's like, oh no, this could fix it in two seconds, but we can't do that because the fucking uh, the time to shift. Yeah, wah, they play wah, fast wah, and wah, loose wah, every wah, single wah. episode. 
<laughs> Some would say that's gen- a charm of the show. It feels like the whole thing reboots every episode. It's weird. I don't know. I it's hot, but it's like, how do you get into? Because there's like extreme Doctor Who fans, <laughs> like <laughs> where you get all into oh the world and this and that, and it's like. I don't know what's going on. I don't know <laughs> what's left or right. Like, it just seems to change on a dime whenever they want it to change. That's kind like, of the history of the show because it itself has gone through very, uh, at sometimes ludicrous transformations. But then um, how do you know the difference between good Doctor Who and bad Doctor Who? Don't even ask that question because if you think the Star Wars fans are bad, those Doctor Who fans would probably tear you a new one about like what's good and what's bad. But I, I, there's at least I, I, entry points for Star Wars. I don't know if there's entry points for Doctor Who. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. I don't know. You seem to have... I think I'll have, probably just yeah. watch the David Tennant stuff because... I remember when he started watching it from the beginning, or, like, when he first started watching it, that was, like, the only interesting part (laughs) to me. (laughs) And then after that, I was just, like, very confused, and I didn't know what was going on, and it just was kind of boring. Well, it just feels so up its own ass over, like... (laughs) <laughs> the lore and everything that's going on but I then love how Kyle is never makes... here to respond to this but then <laughs> none of it makes sense <laughs> but you guys are here you guys aren't yeah. even saying anything oh I can't speak for you two. I can't speak for what your experiences are all only I can say is that I didn't feel that way yeah, you know like same. I, I, I <laughs> I'll I'm say not this that, yeah. I, don't, I don't think uh, it's gonna sound bad but like in terms of plot of Doctor Who, like it's gonna get weird and it's probably gonna be inconsistent. Let me just say this: but, as a long time, they make Doctor a Who- big deal about like these are the rules; you can't cross them. I yeah. never, I never saw that. I never, no. like, I never saw that. Like, I never saw. <laughs> let me, t- let me that. tell okay. you, let me tell you something. Like, I accepted from the very beginning that this show was kind of going to do that all the time. It was just like. Oh, here's a crazy explanation. Throw it out. Something else happens, and then they'll fix it some other way. Like that's not why I watched the show, and it was mm. never a distraction for me. I like the characters. I like the yeah. actors. I like the storylines for why I watched that series. It's all the things are development. They're, they're okay. It's okay. Like, <laughs> it, 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 Hello. It it's called the difference of an opinion. Okay, <laughs> but like, I mean, I can't make you like the characters for what they are, but like. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. no, the it's a little weird. For Doctor Who, it's all about the character development. And you see it like all the time whenever there's a new companion, you know, they go like, Oh my god, we're going on this big adventure then they realize, Who the heck am I going to adventure with? And then they kinda of realize like, Oh, you're the sweetest person ever or something like that and it's like you're so damaged. Let me it's just like, say this. I I it, it wasn't a hard thing to swallow as it is apparently for both of you. Mm-hmm. But hey, I mean that's how the world works, right? It just didn't occur to me, but it seems as if you two are having like this is Lee Miz all over again for both of you. It seems like <laughs> um, so we'll just go ahead and leave it there. Uh, yeah. So for HBO Max, but we should mention the Snyder Cut of what's happening. So we discussed this last week. That's a thing now that's happening. Um, <laughs> thank you, HBO Max. I guess whoever you want to thank. Do you have um, the details? Yes. 
So from what we understand, though, they're, they're getting a budget of 20 to $30 million, perhaps more. But that's how the trades are reporting it. For Zack Snyder to come back and um, finish the his version of the movie. Because um, here's the funny thing. Okay, so they need... They need money for special effects, um, added in scenes. They're they not. They're not. They're, they're, they're not no, they're. Let me clarify. They're not going to shoot anything new that we know of. But there, in the report, there was the option for the for the actors to come back and do voiceover work if necessary. So that was explicitly stated in the report. Um. And stuff like that. And when it's going to come back, when it finally is ready to be aired, it'll be in either four, uh, five to six episode installments that'll air weekly, probably following Disney Plus's model, um, which would be a different experience. And of course, in watching a film, but, you know, that being the case, one of the things that's interesting is um, we'll get to the whole like culture war about this Snyder cut thing. That is just weird and annoying in a bit, but focusing on what this is, it is interesting that, you know, the most interesting thing about this whole thing is finding out how little of it was actually finished because in the report itself, it firmly established that, the cut that Zack Snyder had all these years was a shoestring cut. Like the majority of the visual effects were not even there. They weren't even worked on at all. And so like when we talked about it last week, Peter and I were saying, well, why, why spend the money? Just, just assemble it and put it on there. You don't, I mean, if it's done, it's done. Just put it there. Apparently it wasn't done. (laughs) They had nothing. Apparently like what they had was just, like, uh, I don't know, like storyboards or just something in place of what would be there. Like, it, it was just, it was nothing. So, that's why they're going to go back and spend this additional money to finish the visual effects. I didn't think it would get that far. I really didn't think that Warner Brothers would spend any more money on Justice League, much less um, Zack Snyder. So, that was, you know, something that was just a surprise that they were actually going to invest in something like this. Um, and then that's not even to mention all the other things. Like when Zack Snyder was working on that movie, like we all remember that it was supposed to be a part one. Mm-hmm. Like there was at one point, like a two part justice league movie that Zack Snyder was working on from what I've been reading. Apparently this version that'll come next year is going to feature dark side. Um, yeah, how when we've like it, there'll be a shot, take it, you guys take it. <laughs> we, me and David were talking about this earlier because I, I didn't really know like the full details. Um, but at the end, basically, what I told him was just like, this is really like pointless. <laughs> Like, I don't understand. People devoted their lives to this. It's just like, like, this movie already came out. It sucked. Like, get over it. I'm sorry. Like, I'm heartbroken that it it sucked so bad. 
but like it is what it is and to get like and like the thing that like pisses me off is like people are still gonna complain about this crap it's like you are fighting to get this movie that's going to be another piece of crap because it's like bits and pieces here and there put together and you are gonna you are going to complain about that too and it's like just don't do it well it exposes a couple of falsehoods right for one there was never a finished version of it there was an assembly but it was nowhere close to finish and then also as we just mentioned this movie was not meant to be one film in its entirety so how they're going to rework that without filming additional scenes which is that that to me is a kind of how do you reconcile that how do you not film additional scenes with the actors you have if it's not what you intended in the first place so how you make that work i don't know which is interesting because i was under the impression that they were going to film more scenes and i was kind of excited to see what that would be for ezra miller considering how his career has kind of you know been you know choke out dark side (laughs) (laughs) that would be funny because i know that we we talked about it a few weeks ago about how amber heard might have like been dismissed from warner brothers but what about ezra miller since like he's in two franchises like isn't he like in warner in in the harry potter one and then also in the dc one so like what's going on with him going on huh yeah Yeah. (laughs) i don't think jk rowling would would want to dismiss him for something as like simple as like beating up somebody i mean because i i don't think and i don't i'm not taking a side in between depp or or amber anyone okay he just kind of hugged her neck a little bit with his hands i'm not taking a side in between amber heard or or johnny depp i'm not gonna get Mm. i'm not gonna touch that but i will say is even when the appearance was that depp beat up amber heard jk rowling didn't care so i wouldn't think that she would care about ezra miller Mm -hmm. when we know that ezra miller did do what he did whereas with depp people it's a it's complicated issue that that whole situation um well what's interesting with this is that it's not gonna be a film (laughs) it's not yeah it's it's that's what's funny i think it's gonna be like a six part thing yep probably (laughs) half an hour or yeah maybe six hours i don't know i don't know i don't think it'll be six i I would think maybe it would be like half three hours three Three, hours three and a half maybe um how long was the was the extended version of bvs since you saw that peter about three and a half okay so maybe three and a half hours but i guess my thing is like that did not make bvs better and I remember so many people claimed they made it better. Yeah. It made it worse. It was just, it was just longer. Yes. <laughs> oh, it was so dumb. I did not like it. It's just, know. it's just bullshit on top of bullshit. Now, to be fair, um, do I think it will be better than the movie we got? Yeah. It'll definitely be more entertaining, no matter yeah. what, right? Like, just because everything surrounding going into it. Um, but it just feels like uh, most of it is just going to be like... I don't know. Like, I feel like I already know what it's going to be. Yeah. Just extra scenes. It's not going to be good, but it, it it could be interesting, I think, is kind of where we're at. Like... yeah. I know that there was a lot of like Ray Fisher um 
content. <laughs> I forget he was a character in that. Yeah. So they'll probably add all that back in. Um Yeah, I don't know. Just add in more character well, of them interacting remember that one of the one of the issues that justice league suffered from at least the, the whedon version of it was like how fucking saturized everything was it oh was yeah so they're ugly. gonna turn it back to black yeah they're gonna get rid of all the red <laughs> um <laughs> but like this event not avengers um justice yeah. league from what i heard it was meant to be a part one. Right. Mm-hmm. We talked about that on this yeah. show, I think, for weeks back in, in the old days. Like, the whole, um, like, I think they were going to win against Darkseid, but then they tease, um, what's his name? Very Avengers-esque. But then, like... We mean um, Steppenwolf? Yeah. Steppenwolf so, and then tease Darkseid. Okay, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're right. But then they, like, lose in the mm. next one. And then that's when it's, like, you know, Mad Max Batman. Like, Darkseid comes and just annihilates them. And then they send back the Flash in time. Like, there was this planned whole thing. Overarching story. I guess, um, Zack had planned um, oh, we should is, that, also... is that what the whole Ezra Miller thing in BBS was about Lois yeah. is the key yeah <sighs> the whole Lois is the key thing because I think they, they were basically going to go whole injustice gods among us yeah yeah where like they like kill it. they kill um what's her name and then he goes he goes Mr. Bad Guy so then the world's destroyed so Batman sends them back in time Mm-hmm. Um, but then that time they, they prevent, um, yeah. Lois from dying and yeah, it was going to be a whole thing, like mm. five, the way Zack Snyder said it, like five movie arc planned up to be this whole thing, which I mean, cool. But again, this is why I keep saying I don't like planning, having your ship planned out doesn't really mean anything because mm-hmm. I saw like three-fifths of that planet and i hated three-fifths of it (laughs) um and it certainly you know floats together to a certain extent you know and i could tell that this was all the same person and the same vision i just it was just shit to me um so i remember those days i was just so confused about why people would praise Zack Snyder for anything? Because that I like, like Zack Snyder. I do. I don't like oh, any okay. of his movies that I've seen. I I, I mean I've you only seen, seen Man of Steel. Ones. I've seen Three Hundred. I've seen Oh Three Hundred is awesome. BVS and I'm like I don't care Very about anything. Very homoerotic. I love. I don't it. like his style. <laughs> I just don't like his style. And to me, I found at least BVS to be incredibly incoherent. Mm-hmm. And I found Man of Steel to be lightweight there were some good things about it but i don't remember the movie um and then (sighs) wonder brothers was all in and we shouldn't forget that there were a couple of things like long before uh, a tragedy happened in his personal life with his daughter you know was gone wonder brothers wanted him gone i'm pretty sure wonder brothers just used that as an excuse 
Yeah, and I think we said that at the time mm-hmm. when because that was going on. I'm pr- like obviously the way he's acted ever since then makes it very clear. Right, he did not want to leave. So to leave or someone yeah. else to finish it. Um, Which we know is a is a trend because the same thing happened with David Ayer's Suicide Squad, where he had his version of the movie and then they completely recut it. They, yeah. they the story was they handed the movie to a trailer editing company to recut Suicide Squad to make it more like the trailer that was cut. Yeah, and then now the unfortunate or fortunate depending how you see it consequences of this being announced is a lot of other movie movie movements are like haha so for example i mean there's already been an interesting tweet from david ayer about doing a a david ayer (laughs) he saw that it happened so he's like oh boy here's my turn i'm getting it suicide squad cut um which i mean the sad reality about those two movies is is that the studio fucked up the films entirely yeah. in both of those situations. And and unfortunately, Ayer and Snyder, regardless of how good or bad it was, they were never given the opportunity to finish what they had envisioned in those cases. But what I think the real unfortunate thing is, even with their original visions, I think it would have been shit. Yes. So if they, <laughs> if they just would have let them have their yeah. original visions, we wouldn't be going through this right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I saw uh, a Twitter hashtag today about make solo two happen. Yeah, like now people want a solo two, and they're like, that's been a whole thing for a while. Um, I mean, that's another one that maybe you could make happen through Disney Plus, but I mean, Disney's not Disney's Warner Brothers. not forgiving no, towards Disney, failure. Disney never wants to admit that it made a bad decision, so mm-hmm. they'll just never talk about that ever, ever, ever. Yeah. Now Warner Brothers, I mean, they yeah. want headlining content on on HBO Max, and so I happen to be of the mind where, you know, I'm not excited about this, but I'll watch it because it's interesting. It's a different cut of a movie. It, it, yeah. I, I, I don't, it won't be good, but it'll be interesting. It'll get attention. The same thing with the Suicide it's, Squad one. It'll get attention and I'll watch it if it's there. I don't know about the Suicide Squad one, but I, I definitely <laughs> watch the Justice League one. I don't need to hear, but you know, I'm an idea. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't need more of that <laughs> shit. I really don't. Well, oh here's God, the thing though, like, what better, what a better way to like make it up to Jared Leto because he's been so royally screwed by that company. I think he studio. just wants to move on. He, <laughs> does, he does not want any cut. No, that no, was, no. Uh, he was, that was kind of his fault though. Yeah. I'm sorry, like he was just so bad. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> they made a Joker movie without him. I mean, how yeah. how low can you go? I mean, that's just that was pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, that ended up winning an Oscar. Like, uh, like honestly, the the worst case scenario <laughs> that could happen to any actor. Like, like he was. I, I don't think he would ever live it down. It's just so. It's honestly, they humiliated him mm-hmm. like repeatedly. Yeah. No, the studio. God. They really screwed. Like, you know, you forget, but they really screwed it up. All those films. Ben Affleck was supposed to direct at one point and he left, of course. Every Batman movie. Every opportunity they had, like, they they took, they made the wrong choice. Like, the clearly wrong choice. 
Yeah, that's crazy. Remember the but days, I mean, the, the early days of Red Spotlight? This The early days of Red Spotlight was pre-BVS. Like, I know especially from you, Peter, and Alexis, and David, you guys were all excited for the DC movies that are coming up, because it was going to be like yeah. interconnected stuff like Marvel. Because I yeah. love Batman, and I love Superman, and I yeah. love all that shit. And then they're just kind of like, eh. But I mean, at this point, it's like, maybe it's better because I'm kind of over the interconnected stuff yeah, to a certain too. extent. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, what do you make of um, the commotion that is going on online about this happening and the precedent that this takes for fan communities and fandom? Um, does it change anything maybe like there there are some people that are saying like this doesn't set a good precedent for toxicity online especially yeah. in these nerd communities and to a certain extent i agree um because it, it, let's... can we can we linger on that real quick because uh-huh. one could consider if we'll take the perspective of these critics and journalists on film Twitter who let's say were besieged for years about release the Snyder cut mm-hmm. in one stroke, HBO max threw them under the bus and validated the people who were throwing tomatoes at them for years on end. Mm-hmm. So you can understand partly the frustration on their side for having had to endure endless questions of release the Snyder cut for years on end. Yeah. Yeah. But- the thing for me, though, is that, you know, you got this community going like, yeah, we did it. This is for, like, the fans win this thing and all that. But it's really not a win. Like, you're not getting your cut in the theaters. You're not even, it's like, like you said, it's not even a movie. You're going to get, like, a mini series. We're probably not going to get a physical copy of this thing. <laughs> well, and, like, a lot, we're one of the few dinosaurs that give a shit about that. <laughs> that's true, but I mean, either way, like, I think a physical copy is important for. I, I 100% agree, but we're the only grandpas that care, I, I, I fear. Um, well, I guess my thing is this is only happening because of HBO Max. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. Like, Especially when it's coming out like uh, next year. Mm-hmm. I think what's going to be is that when this whole, like before that, I think they're just going to look at the numbers. And then once the Snyder cut comes out, they're going to look at the numbers again. It's like, okay, how many more people did we get? And if it's good, who knows what they're going to do next. If it's bad, they're like, okay, we're done with this. No more listening mm-hmm. to the fans, you know? Well, I don't even I don't think they'll ever listen to the fans in in this capacity cuz like mm-hmm. they're they're dumping a shit ton of money because they have a new streaming service, right? And and they want to do what they can to get eyes on their streaming service. So if dumping 20 to 30 million on this Snyder cut works because it's like this big viral thing, okay. But if like HBO Max never came around, they would mm. still be crying for the the Snyder cut, like it, yeah. it, they would forever be crying for it because they would never willy nilly just drop twenty to thirty million to do what? Like 
a, a blu-ray release re-release it mm-hmm. in theaters they're not going to re-release it in theaters like uh, yeah. this was their only <laughs> opportunity to do something like that <laughs> it was that. a big enough yeah. bomb in the first place it wouldn't re-release <laughs> yeah. it in theaters yeah there's so literally it's like, no guarantee that if they made this Nautica and mm-hmm. release it in theaters that they were going to make their money back yeah i, I guarantee that it wouldn't have made 20 million dollars <laughs> So, like, the question is, like, for other people that might be emboldened, like, people that were like, oh, remake The Last Jedi, they're never remaking The Last Jedi. No. Like, like you, you, can, you can create an ad campaign that's 20 times that of what the release of Snyder Cut is. They're not doing it, like, ever, mm. ever. Uh, make Solo 2 happen. It doesn't matter how many hashtags you get going. They're not making a solo too, because the because they'll like they'll look at the numbers and go, oh, we lost money. Okay, no, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. didn't show up to the first one. We're not making a second one. We we yeah. only do sure things. We're fucking Disney. Um, yeah. So to a certain extent, I definitely think how it can it can make online movie spaces a lot more annoying and toxic. As if it wasn't bad enough in the first place. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the internet. And plus, I feel like Disney knows its fan base and knows... They're crazy? Yeah, how (laughs) crazy and entitled they are. So it's like, no, we're not going to listen to you guys. We're going to do what we want. Yeah, Yeah, I just... If the money's not there, they're not doing it. It doesn't matter how much you scream about it. They they got super lucky with this HBO Max thing because it's something relatively cheap. Because right. if they weren't dropping twenty to thirty million on this, then it would be on a show. It would it would be something else. It would probably cost more than twenty to thirty. Now, to million. put it in perspective, Warner Brothers might spend a lot less to do the Snyder Cut than Disney does to make the Mandalorian. Yeah, and and theoretically, it would bring over the same number of people exactly right? yeah so it's like yeah in a money perspective it makes sense to do it now um the only argument i guess you could make is that the only reason they did it was because they saw a big enough crowd once hbo max came along so maybe you want a big enough crowd in case something like that you know you get lucky mm-hmm. i don't know um, we should we should mention that um, this is um, following somewhat of a trend with what Tarantino is doing on Netflix, which yeah. is taking his movies and like making them into like bite sized TV episodes, like what he did with um, what's what's the movie called uh, The Hateful Eight. We we do know he's doing that for the for the Hollywood movie he did last year. At some point, it should be on Netflix, like episode versions of it with uh, extended scenes that weren't in the film. That's what what he's doing now. In that line, I, to me, as somebody who was very disappointed in It Chapter 2, I wouldn't mind seeing the, what, five-hour version that was like that the director or the four-hour version that he had in mind. I wouldn't mind seeing that <laughs> put into episodes and see what the difference is. Like, fuck it. It's It. Uh, yeah, I mean, this theoretically could be a trend where instead of doing director's cuts... Um, for whatever studio you have, you you do, um, quote unquote mini series. That's where the money's whatever. at, and it gets yeah. funded by these streamers now. 
Because you know how, like, you have the Lord of the Rings films. You have the extended cuts that are, like, fucking four and a half hours. Um, you know, maybe if that came out nowadays, instead of releasing extended cuts, chop it up into a mini series of, of television or whatever. And then, mm-hmm. boom, drop it on whatever HBO Max, whatever streaming service. And then you got new eyes on your content that you... You're you're basically double dipping, right? Like yeah. you already you already made this and made all the monies in the theaters and now people are gonna come back to see it again except longer. Um it, it pays itself twice over. Um so I can to a certain extent see that becoming a trend. Um but that only works if there's movie theaters, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a wonderful little segue. Um <laughs> to to um to all of us. We'll we'll see where this Snyder stuff goes, but I think um this must have been a very last minute decision because I would have assumed that they would have wanted this to well, had they made the t- the decision a while, a while back, they would have this would have been a wonderful companion to drop alongside HBO Max itself, you know, but it'll come when it comes and it'll be a big thing. Now, the other thing that's happening in the industry that's been kind of a mystery is when exactly movie theaters are going to open up again? And we talked about this last week, but it it may be more important now because one of the big films of the year is seemingly moving forward with its planned release in mid-July or around that space. And that was the latest film from Christopher Nolan, uh, who's made movies like Interstellar, Dunkirk, and The Dark Knight. His uh, Inception, his recent movie is called Tenet, and it features, I think, um, John David Washington and uh, Robert Pattinson. Is that right? Um, yes. He, okay. All the latest British stars. <laughs> um, and they released a trailer this week, and with the with a big headline at the end, coming soon to theaters. The original release date has not been at all touched. I, th- I believe it was July 15th or some such, um, which is right in the middle of July, which is less than two months away, right? Ugh. At this point, two months away from right now? Or yeah, about less than two months away from where yeah, we are right good now. Oh, God. Um, and a marketing campaign, which would start this week, would be a six weeks or five weeks to it to spend the money to do that in July. There's a lot of problems already with that because – well, I, th- I think we should just ask the question. Does anybody here think that's going to happen mid-July? I don't think. I mean, if you if they're real fucking stubborn, okay, you'll lose money. <laughs> yeah. It Is shouldn't it, though. What did you say, Peter? Is it, it's going to be a disaster if that happens. It's going to be a disaster. I, th- I genuinely think it's going to be a disaster because when you had said that it's probably a long fucking movie, like near three hours or maybe or over even three over, hours, or maybe. over, maybe, you know, they might cut off some time, you know, they, they, they're, they're finishing the movie until, you know, days before it's supposed to you know, actually, um, premiere, but uh, the country's closed off. I know where we live it's worse than ever um like worse than ever by the day by the day like since this whole thing has started it his numbers are not going down 
Anywhere? Any, anywhere. I, I don't know of anywhere, anywhere they are going in the country. <laughs> Nowhere um, in the country, I think, is the right <laughs> added, the, the right answer. And the places that are slightly okay, they're like, uh, we can reopen. And the, even places that aren't okay are like, uh, we can reopen. Which means you're going to get cases, you know, starting today, which not might not manifest for a couple weeks, which might last even more weeks. Like... That's two months right there. Yeah. Um, I, I don't... I, stop being stubborn dumbasses. Like, movie theaters aren't opening this year. I, I wish they were. I don't think it's a question of... I wish we were of, in a position where they could. Go yeah, ahead. I don't think it's a question of, do we think they're going to open? It's a question of, are they going to open? And I think that they are. Because it's the U.S. and, you know. <laughs> um... Whether it's the right, it's a good idea or not. Obviously, it's not. But you know, well, let's follow that train of thought. So let's say movie theaters are open, and that's that's kind of an asterisk you have to put on there because there are movie theaters open right now, scattered across the country. A lot of them are actually staying closed because go figure, they have nothing to show. But um. For the ones that are opening up and for ones that will be open by the con- by the time July comes, there's um there's a problem when it comes to places like LA and New York. They're gonna be closed in July because they've extended their their stay at home orders there's, through that. There's like places in San Diego that are already open. Right. I'm pretty sure there's places in LA that are already open. Like No, there there's not. Not an L- and they're not allowed to open at all under law in Los Angeles. They can't. That that's been extended through July. You you can't open a, a movie theater in Los Angeles. You just can't, uh, unless you know something that I don't. No, but I, I don't know. It's just I thought the same thing of San Diego and right. Like, my aunts, my whole family lives over there and they're like going about their day and stuff. So it's like. To be fair, though, Los Angeles and New York have it, I think, about the worst. They have a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. cases all yeah. in, in most than most places out there have it. But I would think the most likely scenario is that movie theaters in Los Angeles and New York are not open by the time Tenant comes in July. And if that's the case, that's. I just think, like, why would you want to open a big movie mm-hmm. like that when you have so many factors going against you? Let yeah. alone that a lot of theaters are not going to be open. Those that yeah. are are only going to be selling the the screening rooms at half capacity for social distancing. Mm-hmm. Even if all of the screens are devoted to your movie, that's still half as many people anywhere. And a lot of them in other, like, populated places in the country are going to be closed. And there's also another question. Are we sure AMC is going to open in July? <laughs> because if AMC doesn't open, I don't know how you make any money. I mean, they're kind of, they own the majority of the movie houses in, in the country. Yeah. And if they're closed, you don't have a movie. There's a shit ton of big ifs concerning <laughs> this. Um, yeah. And it's worrying to me that Christopher Nolan seems to be extremely stubborn about the premiere date. I could understand being stubborn about wanting it to be in theaters you know what i mean 
but being stubborn about that specific date and not being willing to move it is fucking weird. I don't. I well, mean, for one, let's consider okay. this. We know they're not going to move anything to to VOD because we just have a, a, a sneaking suspicion. Scoob was a disaster because they have not released any figures, any numbers <laughs> as to how well that movie did. We've heard nothing from Warner Brothers since yeah. Scoob was put on VOD. But Nothing. I feel like the marketing for that was really bad because I honestly didn't even know that it was going to be released. Um, yeah, the marketing wasn't good either. Yeah, till like the day that it premiered mm. on there. So, mm. um, I don't know. I feel like if everybody's at home, like the marketing should be easy. And I honestly didn't see anything. I don't think for movies like Tenet or Wonder Woman, there's a risk of those being put on on VOD. Those yeah, yeah, yeah. The, those movies cost a lot of money to make and you'd only ever get the money back in a theater. Unless he's like very adamant about that date because everything else got moved up and he's like no, like I want my movie to like But I think have what Peter moment. said earlier <laughs> is at what cost? Yeah. It's mm. your movie. You spent so much time working on it and by all indications, look, we're a bunch of like people, we, we're not in this industry, we just cover it. Like we don't have jobs in this thing. And we're all like, what, 25 years younger? Like we're not the people that are, are, are of the age or of the background to make these decisions, but we could see a, we could see it a mile away. This is bad. This is bad for your movie and your career. Like this is a movie that I'm sure costs a lot of money to make considering how he is and to be fair to him his films make money like he's one of the rare directors that can sell a movie based off his name and he can make money but he's not gonna make that back in if if this thing like hits critical in july and if half the theaters are closed well that's why though if you know you got a guaranteed money maker why risk it I mean, why, why do you think not? they moved? They moved. Why do you think they moved? Um, what's it called? Uh, Wonder Woman or Black Widow or Mulan? Yeah. Like, well, first of all, they were closed. But you should be saving like some of your mid-tier films for when shit opens up, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't know what those would be. <laughs> um, maybe an animated film they haven't yet released <laughs> to. Uh, VOD, but yeah, just something, some mid-level tier film, not your giant massive blockbuster. So to ease people in towards um, movies again. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like Tenet not moving. Although I think they understand that too, because their trailer said in theaters. Right. And they were very sure not to say in theaters, July, whatever, you know, which no they usually given. do. At that point, at, at this point, as far as trailers go. So, it, it tells you they're still unsure themselves. Um, well, I, I would just, think that's just a smart mm-hmm. choice because yeah. you can't risk another another aspect of this is selling the movie and the marketing. You can't like dump your entire marketing budget and then not release the movie. Mm-hmm. That's bad. <laughs> VOD, VOD, 10 You're at saying, night. Peter? You were saying do it. Yes. (laughs) Just do it. Oh my god. Well that's what Peter said. Poor movie. I know, I know. That Peter said that that's what Disney is gonna use to throw out the wolves in August to see what happens. If people are gonna come back. 
that is like I said, mid mid tier movie. Yeah, that's that's a movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. you throw it out there and and see what bites. But it's one of your disposable movies, so if you lose money, it wasn't fucking Mulan or something else you're trying to build a franchise on, right? And New Mutants, but it's just like there is a potential to make a profit of some sort if you just drop it on VOD. Because it's so known at this point, you might make some money, but you know you're going to lose a lot of money in theaters. You just are. But then, I mean, uh, this depends on those Scoob numbers, right? Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's just a... a, um, That whole Scoob situation is in large contrast with what Universal did, because, like, Trolls was out for three days. And then, like they made, they made this big dick announcement of like, well, from now on, certain movies are going to be in theaters and in VOD at the same time. <laughs> but they really probably should have had more than one movie, yeah, before they make such a bold announcement like that, because that could have just been because of the time that it was mm-hmm. more than it was about the anticipation for Trolls, Trolls World Tour, yeah. which. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah, like that, that's Trolls and Scoob are, are are the kind of movies that I'm like, yeah, I, I don't need I don't need this. And that's mainly because I can just tell like, okay, these are just commercial items that like there was a clip that was out today about Simon Cowell on Scoob and like there was it was just it it, it looked like crap to me. So, um yeah, so like, I just think it's going to be a rude awakening, right? Because I don't think we're going to see movie theaters back in large fashion. There may be like scatterings of small theaters that have opened because of their conservative areas have like lifted the restrictions. We could see that, but they're not going to be showing anything new. And if if they go ahead, though and plow through to July and they release Tenet, it's going to be a disaster unlike we've ever seen before. Not only will its potential box office be neutered, but here's the thing. And I saw somebody make this point today on, on, a, on a show that talks about these things, about how they're taking all of these photos of people like going to the beaches and the malls and everything and they're using that as anecdotal evidence that that this means people can't possibly wait to get back in a movie theater. A movie theater house, there's a bunch what, – what's the word called? What is it called? Um, the air is literally re-pumped into the building. It's just – the air conditioning is the worst place you can be. Recycled air. Recycled air. You're right. That's the – that's the best conditions for the virus to just be kept alive. And if you're sitting in a dark room with that recycled air pumping into the room, you don't think if just one person has it, even if they're like far away from you on the other end of the theater, you don't think you're gonna, you're not going to catch that? Like that's Drive a bad. Drive-in movies. Drive-in movies. We'll bring them back. Mm-hmm. Return the earth to its natural habitat. Yeah. <laughs> drive-ins. Like I, I love drive-ins. It's a it's a recipe for disaster. Like I'm thinking about that myself and like even if if movies open up, I don't see myself going back 
Not Until for like, a maybe while. next year. No. And like, I should say, like, for people like us who practically used to go every week, I mean, I'm willing to give it up. I don't know why you people can't, I don't know, wear a mask or something. Like, Jesus, I don't fuck. think I'll go to the theaters until where we live, it's in the single digits. Yeah. Especially until this thing's been guys. killed. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's, no, like... <laughs> I'm sorry. Right now we're about I what five hundred six hundred. But like, goddamn, like. <laughs> no, no, we have like one of the worst air, air quality. Um, we're the worst in the state per capita. It's it's not pretty. To say nothing of the attitude of the people here. Um. Well, I which mean, which doesn't help. Yeah, because that's why there's still people are still partying. They're still. Yeah, I mean, we were, we were just told by our good friend Kyle Lara, who is, of course, the essential worker of the year. He was told that there were several massive orders for parties going around town for Memorial Day. I mean, which is why it's hard to see this thing going away or being good by July. And yeah. it's just not going to happen. And I don't expect movies like Dune, West Side Story or Wonder Woman, or Black Widow, or whatever have I don't I I think that's done. The, Not even the, by the December. Movies, the films I think that we might still see are low budget indie films, maybe some Oscar bait movies that will drop on a streaming service or on VOD because the Oscars changed their rules to where like they're not going to allow. Um, films that debut on streaming services or online to be eligible for awards consideration. Now, of course, they've also mentioned they might just postpone it altogether, but if the majority of the Oscar bait films do get dropped on VOD or on some streamer, I think that'll give the Oscars enough like what fucking a, cowards. I know. They don't <laughs> have a cushion the balls to, to nominate Birds of Prey for best picture or Sonic <laughs> for best picture. Or, or okay. uh, what's the or uh What's it called? Uh, Jim Carrey for Best Supporting Actor. Jim Carrey for, for Best Supporting Sonic. Actor. They don't have the balls to do Onward Best Picture. They don't have the balls for this. And it's I'm frankly disgusted with the Academy. <laughs> you work with what you got, all right? If, if, <laughs> if The Invisible Man is the best film of the year, then it's the best film of Elizabeth the year. Elizabeth Moss Pandemic or not. Elizabeth, if Elizabeth Moss wins uh, Best Actress... Then she wins Best Actress. Okay? So far, I think she'd be a great Best Actress from what yeah. I've seen this year. Yeah, like, I just don't... purchased the film. If you want to see it, by the way, guys, Invisible Man. I don't know if you've seen it already. It's really it's good. There. Yeah, it's really so... really good. If you like gaslighting, check it out. <laughs> oh God. Um. Yeah, and we're only like what two and a half months into this, so we've got a only. long way to go. <laughs> we've got a long way to go. So, um, yeah. If no one else has any other thoughts, we're gonna go ahead and close it off there. Thank you all for being here. I thought it was a fascinating conversation, um, mostly depressing, but I mean, I don't know. What did Peter just say? Uh, you work with what you're given, I guess. You work with what you got. Um, and that's all we got right now is just um, nothing but sad stuff. Um, I think I speak for all of us. If you're listening, stay inside. Stay home. 
Don't think this is all over just because the rest of the country are idiots and are in a death cult and don't care about your life. Care about yourself and your family. Do what you can. Stay safe. We're only getting started. This is not going to be over. It's not. But we got plenty of podcasts coming your way. Um, every single week, we got Avatar podcasts. Um, we've got uh, more of uh, the uh, films that inspired us or like made an impact on us podcasts coming as well as other crap coming your way. Who did we way. decide was next? Uh, Alexis oh, Moreno. Moreno. You got your list ready? Yeah. 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 So... <laughs> We've got more. Oh, oh, oh my God. Wait, 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 wait. I forgot to add another show that I've been watching. Um, I haven't mentioned it this entire time, but I've been watching it this entire time. Uh, 90 Day Fiance. Oh, oh my God. God. It's the greatest show that's ever lived. That show stresses me out. It's amazing. Every one of you should watch it. <laughs> Um, it is the most American thing you can watch on Memorial Day. I'll tell you that. Um, you know, watch it. Okay, go ahead. Pizza Hut's giving away 200,000 free pizzas if you graduated. So lie to them. Tell them you're a graduate and get free pizza. <laughs> Did you see that uh, Chuck E. Cheese is selling its pizza as Pascali's Pizza? Yeah, I saw, dude, that's so funny. Because no one wants to order Chuck E. Cheese pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese pizza is pretty good, you know? It but is, people are just like, is. Yeah, I need to try some Pascali's. Desperate times call for desperate measures. <laughs> Meanwhile, from all indications, Domino's is raking in the cash. <laughs> they're freaking. They're working their 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 workers they're to the, the Jeff bone. Bezos of pizza. <laughs> the Jeff Bezos. You know what? I've been told, and I quote: um, "We're making more money now than before the pandemic for Domino's pizza." <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. Everyone's. Anything that has to do with online, like, they're killing it right now. Jeff Bezos is almost a trillionaire, guys. I, I meant Dominus. I know, but I'm saying in general, oh, okay. ev everything that has online. Like, pizza has always been a delivery food. Yep. Um, just in general. So now that everything's online, like, no one can go everywhere, people turn to the number one delivery food, pizza, you know? So, there you go. A pizza pie. Mama we'll see you in the next podcast. You listen to our podcasts Wooshka, YouTube, Google, Spotify, and Apple, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Tinder. Sure. Farmersonly.com. Keep it here under the spotlight. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>